Okay, the very worst part of your day, altogether now, email. It like, bane of my existence, uh, and also a massive source of anxiety for many of us. Uh, now Carter Gray put out a tweet a while back that's like, if you could build a, the perfect AI bot for handling anything that you do, the answers were all across the board, but about 50% of people said email. Don't wanna do it, don't like it, it's not fun. But listen, like one of the best things I ever did was create my own system for delegating how the things that my came into my inbox got handled. And buddy, once you taste that rainbow, you're never going back. So let's talk about how to delegate your inbox uh, and get back to actually doing stuff that you wanna do. Let's cut straight to the chase. Here's here's where I ended up. Here's what I was doing uh, at the end of my firm running days. Daily cadence. I would first open email at 10 a.m. Uh, and it would give me about two hours to knock out whatever I wanted to work on. Uh, nothing will blow up a day like the first thing you do uh, being opening that steaming pile of uh, a whole lot of not fun. So. Like I, I do think this is the, one of the best things that we can do for ourselves is don't start your day with everybody else's problems. Start your day with your own problems uh, because it's like w you have those things when you're taking a shower in the morning um, because that's the time to take a shower every day, not nighttime. That's just weird. Uh, when you're in the shower in the morning, you are thinking about all the things that you want to tackle and that kind of builds this level of anxiety for the day and all the things that you need to do. But when you immediately get sucked into solving other people's problems, that is responding to emails, you can do all of that, but you have this level of anxiety of all the other things that you know that you need to do that you are not doing because you're solving these other problems. And buddy, the solution is solving your own problems first, putting your own, putting your own mask on before you put, put it on everyone else. So for me, Personally, and I know we're all wired differently, I am most productive like really early in the morning. Like that is when my brain is at peak performance. That's when I try to record these podcasts. Like that is when I'm at my best. So I would start my day with two hours of doing the crap that I wanted to do. And most of the time, like, because I, I tried to be, I tried to not be too ambitious with the things that I was going to tackle every day because my job in my firm was kind of like handling all the stuff that fell through the cracks. Uh, so usually in that first couple hours, I could largely knock out the stuff that were the shower thoughts that morning that are like, oh, here's, here are the things I got to tackle today. So my first two hours spent on what I want to work on. And during those two hours, my admin would clear out my inbox. So she'd be in there, uh, knocking stuff out and, and basically wiping out all the stuff that I didn't need to deal with myself. And we'll talk a little bit more about exactly what that means, but a big thing here for me uh, was I never worked out of the quote unquote inbox. I had a folder where I was allowed to live and that was it. Because managing an inbox is like running in quicksand. There, it never stops. So like what I had to do was for myself manufacture, like here are all the things that I'm going to handle today. And escaping the frustrating kind of, issue of 
pounding out responses to emails, but in that time frame, 10 more have come in. Like, that's really frustrating. Or the client who literally will sit there and like immediately respond to your email. I'm not going to give that person another reply. Like they're getting at most one a day from me, sometimes less. Because when you reply right away, you just, you create a hundred email conversation that never ends as opposed to making them stew for a day. And that worked for my role. For some like, you know, if you're the only person in a practice and the client needs that, or if you're a staff level where that is your job to be responsive, that may not work in your role. But because I wasn't working out of the inbox where things were coming in constantly and I could work out of whatever, I can't even remember what we called it, my own folder, then it was like, okay, here's the stuff I got to tackle and that's it. And it's not until tomorrow at 10 a.m. or before 10 a.m. when the stuff I need to handle gets pulled into that folder for me to handle. So that's it. 10 o'clock, I come in. By the way, if something super spicy actually did come in before then, the admin notifies me. And the beauty of this whole approach is so much of email anxiety and inefficiency comes from monitoring. We are leaving it up on another display. We are constantly engaging with it uh, because there's a chance that something really spicy could come through. And this is like the hat wearing a hat of inefficiency. We are wasting time every single day, creating anxiety for ourselves for something that might happen. Uh, and maybe the very best aspect of all of this, like if there's one tidbit that you can pull away, get yourself off the hook for monitoring. That's not a hard thing for anyone, whether it's a super high level admin or a VA, that's not a hard thing for anyone to help you with. If you can be off the hook for quote unquote monitoring for spicy stuff and make it somebody else's job to notify you if something that actually is urgent comes through, then you can close that gosh darn window like the whole day and work on what you want to work on. Delegating, monitoring, incredibly valuable. Not only for you, this is something we even did for some of our team members. So like I pulled in a couple higher level folks who were just going to work with us a few days a week. And it was like, are they going to have to hop into their email inbox every day? Like, no, like that would be something that we helped them with where we would have somebody monitor their inbox. And if they actually got something spicy that needed to be handled um, outside of when they usually worked, they would let them know. Otherwise, they didn't have to monitor it. They didn't need to log into their email just to check their email every single day. We got a team like somebody else can handle that for them. Uh, they didn't have to be in there. So get yourself off the hook for monitoring because we have enough things that are trying to distract us. Like if you stop and look at your screen right now uh, and you look at, oh, I've got team chat open. I've got email open. I've got my project management system open. Uh, you may even have like being like six servers or channels in your uh, team chat. Um, at any given time, like what is the average duration between a thing distracting you between getting an email, between getting a team chat message. Like that is such a short window of time. Like we don't give our brains enough space to actually get into the work that we're doing because we have all of those things up. Biggest culprit, very worst of them all, email. If you're off the hook for monitoring, close that freaking email. Doesn't need to be open all day long. You are just cons passively consuming your limited brain cells on something that like you don't need to be plugged in 
all the time. Okay, so I happen at 10 a.m. I spend about 15 minutes flagging the emails I'm going to respond to that day. For me and my role, I wouldn't always give somebody an immediate next day email response. I try to be very mindful of the expectation I set with my responsiveness. And in my role, I had delegated pretty much everything. I was not in a client-facing role. And so uh, in almost all cases, there was somebody else that was supposed to be taking care of that. But inevitably, some stuff slips through to me. But if, if a client sends my staff person that they're supposed to be working with an email and they get a response from them in a day, and if they send me an email and they get a response in three hours you're kind of training them to come to you more. So like I had no problem creating the illusion of like, I'm going to be harder to reach and that's fine because I want to be the last resort. Like in the way the business is designed, there's somebody else to handle everything. And so like, you don't want to train them to expect an unreasonable like level of responsiveness from you. And I think we do this when we leave our email sitting open. We'll get that thing in and we're like, oh, that's just a quick response. But the fact that you just responded within 20 minutes means the next time they have this thought, they're like, oh, Steve will respond within 20 minutes. So I'll send that over right now. Now, there's situations where that's good, where that's a service that we can extend to clients. Uh, I would say we don't always charge for that level of responsiveness. Uh, but there's situations like, um, you know, when we would, when we would manage people's back offices, like be kind of their accounting department in a box, that was a much more hands-on integrated service offering where we were working with a bunch of people within their companies. And there were times where we had to be super responsive. A vendor just called and said, they're not, they're going to stop delivering dental supplies unless we pay their invoice. Didn't we pay this? That's something we got to jump on right away, but that wasn't my job. We had team members who were given adequate space to be able to be super responsive. But like if you are running the firm, that's probably not you. This episode is sponsored in part by Dark Horse CPAs. If you're a loyal listener of this pod, you'll recall that Dark Horse CPAs is looking to fill obsolete jobs with mediocre talent. How dare you? You'll also recall that being a tongue-in-cheek joke it was the point is they've got a very compelling opportunity for someone who is looking to take their career in client accounting services to the next level with a progressive firm that doesn't treat casts like the red-headed stepchild the old guard historically has too true too true if i had a dollar for every tax firm i've walked into that's like bookkeeping pa Specifically, they're looking to fill a cast manager role in the firm. There's a client-facing role that will put you front and center with the business owner, empowering them to make informed and strategic decisions with your guidance. You won't be stuck in a back office cranking out debits and credits, but you will be utilizing modern technology to provide modernized client accounting services. Instead of wasting away doing repetitive tasks, the old-timey Tuesday way for crusty clients, gross, why not grab the future of outsourced accounting by the horns? Apply today by visiting darkhorsecpa slash careers or by clicking the link in the show notes. This episode is sponsored in part by the fine folks at Cloud Accountant Staffing. Do you hire accountants? Bless your little heart. Not the best part of the job, in my opinion. Not something I ever enjoyed. Well, listen... 
You can build your accounting dream team with talented offshore accountants in the Philippines that work 100% full-time for your firm. Their accountants aren't freelancing or contracting for multiple firms. They're all yours. They work exclusively for you and are incentivized to stay with you and your team long-term. They're not gonna get swiped. Cloud Account Staffing is 100% dedicated to the accounting industry and founded by a former accounting firm owner that understands your business, knows your pain points. They had to hire some accountants and they said, you know what, we're gonna build our own pipeline in the Philippines. Gonna pull in some super talented people and then open that up to other firms. Basically, that's the story. Uh, I've been talking about a lot about staffing, building more resilient staffing pipelines for your firms. I, I had staff in the Philippines, at, like totally red pilled me to like, oh geez, like we need to globalize the way that we get our work done. Uh, check these folks out. Link in the show description, cloudaccountantstaffing.com. So at 10 a.m., I take 15 minutes to flag all the emails I'm going to respond to today, acknowledging I don't have to respond to every single one of these things like today. And that's totally fine. But at that point, that's it. No more email. I'm only handling the ones that are flagged that day. Nothing more is coming into this folder because it's not my inbox. And I've got a concise list of here's the stuff that you got to tackle. Here are the problems for other people that you're going to solve today. And that is it. And I may knock out those emails then at 10. Uh, I may say, I got some more stuff I got to get done. I'm going to circle back to email at 2 this afternoon. But when I come back to it at 2, it's going to be in the same state that it was before. Just the stuff that I chose that I want to handle today. And that could be old stuff that I've been rolling forward. It could be, but most of it's going to be stuff that came in uh, the day before. And so I don't have email open. Like the only times I have email open is when I'm flagging the stuff I'm going to work on that day and when I'm responding to those things. Uh, Anything spicy that comes up in the meantime, an admin can notify me of. And like it's worth acknowledging how rare that actually is. It actually doesn't really happen all that much that you get something that truly needs to be responded to in less than a day. But in our heads we immediately jump to circumstances in the past where that has been the case, where that has happened. And we use that as a justification to have email open all the time, which is just like not a good idea, right? And so like just that delegation of monitoring is really, really valuable. So I've got that um, just like short list of things that I flagged and I'm gonna handle those that day. And I by 10 a.m., I know exactly what that list is gonna look like, ballpark of how much time it's gonna take me. And I just decide when that day I'm going to tackle those. And that's it. That's that's email for me every day. I hop in at 10. I feel like the emails I'm going to respond to. Nothing more comes into that inbox. Uh, and I go off and I do my own thing. If you're, a, if you're solo, you can get a version of this with like being able to pause email and pause any more emails coming in. Um, but honestly... I just, running a solo practice always sounded hard to me because there's just a lot of uh, administrative stuff that I knew that I never wanted to do. And I have a hard time, honestly, I have a hard time seeing any firm operator, even if you're a solo firm operator, not benefiting from having someone watching your inbox. And in, in the case of a solo firm runner, that could be a virtual assistant. Uh, like you can hire somebody in the Philippines, phenomenally talented, uh, that's going to cost you a thousand bucks a month that can do so many things for you. Like, uh, I think just about everybody ought to be leaning into this. Now, one other thing that, um, 
made this work that I think is a tripping point for some folks is so like this is a very basic, very, very basic version of this. You can really just start here. And all this person, all this admin is really doing for you is just kind of prioritizing and like, that's it. And if that's all they do for you, great. Like you're able to now close your email all day long. Uh, Like we haven't talked about them actually resolving these emails for you. Like they're basically just organizing things and monitoring for urgency. And that is a great place to start. Ultimately, where I ended up was like much more complex and there was like, she was handling a ton of actual stuff. But don't think that far down the road before you get started because a lot of this is learning what works for you and what works for your firm along the way. The biggest thing you need to do is just start. Like just start and find ways to make this helpful. And that daily cadence, like it can be as simple as that. Like the big win there is you're no longer on the hook for monitoring. You don't have to have your email open all day long. You're not sitting there with it up just in case something spicy comes through. So start really simple, get off the hook for monitoring, tackle email on your own timeline. Don't start your day with it if that's when you're most productive, like take control of when you do email, which this system allows for. And you've now got it like time box within a certain part of the day. So it isn't just this thing that kind of seemingly grows and, and happens all day long, right? Now that all sounds good, but what are the reasons why we don't do this? Like we have these weird blockers that keep us from doing it. Um, I think uh, I think a lot of us don't identify as the type of person who would need a quote unquote assistant, right? Like I, there's like this, weird kind of like virtue signaling aspect of it. Like it's the same, it's the same part of us that thinks I'm never going to be too good for those very first clients that I had in the beginning of my firm. Like, like I still want to always be that, like, uh, that, that person who will work with anybody and support, like, I don't know, like very grassroots, like the blue collar, like, we, we push back against this notion that we're like ever changing or ever going to be above something or above working with a certain type of client. And that's healthy. That's also like being a good human and not being an a-hole. But to say that that's a rationale for not pulling an assistant in on your inbox, like ultimately doing this like makes you better and gives you the flexibility to do the more meaningful stuff. And I get that like your brain may push back on this and say like, really? Because it kind of seems like giving up, like like pulling in an assistant seems like giving up. Like I didn't do a good enough job of automating stuff or I didn't do a good enough job of setting client communication boundaries when I, I think we don't often lean enough into the fact that humans are actually pretty darn good at doing like repeatable things when you have systems and you can set clear expectations and we don't really lean into that enough. Like you're never going to get your email inbox to a point where it's like, Oh sweet. Like this is super easy to manage. And, um, it's just like this trivial part of my business now. Like that's probably not realistic, but we don't do this because we're like, I'm not going to be the perceived like a-hole C-suite type person that has a personal assistant that does this stuff for you. I don't want my clients to think I have an assistant that will respond to emails on my behalf. Like that just, I don't want to come off how that will come off. 
And there's definitely ways it can be done that I think will make you look like an a-hole. There's also ways to do it that will not look bad. So um, there's a level of permission here. And like, I do not think that pulling in an assistant to help you with this function is, I don't know, like this hoity-toity thing. Because if you think about accounting firms, in most firms, the inbox is like intake of pretty much everything that comes into a firm. If you think about a software company, um, email within a software company, that is like internal things, how you're coordinating stuff. That is not how email works for us. Email within most accounting firms is how all of your client requests come in, oftentimes documents, like that is the receiving bay in this manufacturing plant. That is how everything is coming in. So it's not like this personal proprietary thing, like no, email is the production line. And the notion that you will always handle that aspect of the production line yourself, no matter how big your firm gets, it's not realistic. And so like other people's understanding of email and how email works in business and personal email and all that stuff, that is a different form of email than what we are dealing with inside a firm when all of your work comes in that way. So like acknowledging that this is just part of the production pipeline and you need to get help with it, like that is healthy. And you can still balance that with being a human on the other side of your inbox and it not being this like weird a-hole kind of thing. So how can we make this even better? We've got this initial sort of framework. How can we improve upon this further? Ultimately, like the big next step. So like biggest step here, if you take anything from this, just start. Just start. Like that's a framework that can, like you can give to a VA on day one. They can do that for you. Score. You're no longer managing for urgency. That's a huge win. So like just start. Don't overthink it. Just start. But next steps. How do we make this even better? There's a sliding scale ultimately of how much that person's going to be able to handle for you. And the more systematized uh, a firm and the more systematized your client communication policies, the more that person will ultimately be able to do for you. And so in the context of my firm, had about 40 people, I was non-client facing. My big thing was everything that's coming in, every client that needs support, every like Oregon cat tax, that came out. We had a subject matter expert within the firm. Every piece of software, we needed to have a designated subject matter expert within the firm. So that when that question comes in, when that technical thing comes up, when that client reaches out, there is a place where that is supposed to go that is not me. And that doesn't need to go as far as, you know, you being disengaged with the business. And there will be exceptions to that. And there were still situations where I would have a conversation with a client and have a conversation with a staff person who maybe wasn't getting the answer from the subject matter expert that they wanted. Like, there's going to be exceptions to that. But the fact that there's exceptions doesn't mean that you still shouldn't have those rules, have those policies in place. Uh, so that when that question does come up, like there is a right person that that should go to that is not you. Team, this episode is sponsored in part by Copilot, the customizable client portal built for modern firms. Not your stanky old legacy firm for modern, modern firms. Let me tell you about Copilot. 
Uh, Copilot lets you provide clients with a one-stop shop experience with a client portal that streamlines messaging, payments, file sharing, help centers, custom app access, and a whole lot more, all that in one place. Used by hundreds of happy accounting firms, Copilot comes with a comprehensive API, okay, and Zapier support, I like it. You can set up automations that streamline sign-up, onboarding, intake forms, and more. Copilot comes with support for app embeds. Yeah, 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 you can embed like Notion pages to create a homepage for your clients, embed Calendly to make scheduling easier, all that inside a single portal experience. Check this one out at go co at what? At copilot.com. Use code Jason. Get the first month for free. You kidding me? Like what'd you ever do for them? Uh, copilot.com, use code Jason and let me know what you think. Hey, this episode is sponsored in part by Firm360, the cloud practice management system that gives you a 360-degree view of your firm. Everything, documents, projects, client-facing stuff. That's why they call it 360. I'll just throw that around. Case study time. Let me tell you about Marion. Marion picked up Firm360 in August of 2020. The team was looking for a platform that could streamline their project management needs, increase efficiency, and give them visibility into what their team was working on. Sound familiar? What's your team working on right now? Three, two, what? If you, if you didn't know, think about it. They also needed a way to securely communicate with their clients and send or receive documents. They were able to roll out Firm360 and use it to improve processes and predict their needs. They plan out work for their team with it. They predict when they need to hire more staff. They've grown their team by over 50%, Marion, bless your heart, based on data for when they would need more employees and have made sure they're still delivering awesome, ah, awesome service to clients along the way. 50%? How much have you grown lately? Okay, be like Marion, be a Marion. Take a look at Firm 360. Could be just the one for you, right? Check out a link in the show notes to learn more. Now, even if you are a solo practitioner, there's still a, just a ton of grunt work that goes into managing these emails. Like, did they send you a file? What's the correct home for that file? Can somebody help you with that? How trivial was that request? Are they just asking for a file? Like, you do not need to be the one to send people copies of tax returns. How many times have you done that in the last month? So there's a lot of stuff like that that is really easy to get help with, but it is definitely a sliding scale. So like, you can have a virtual assistant that doesn't have access to anything but your email. And they may just be monitoring that for uh, urgency and to move stuff around for you in a helpful way. Or the other end of the spectrum, and this is where I ended up, not where I started, but where I ended up was a super, super capable admin who many of my clients knew, who all of the staff knew, who was like a like very core person within the firm, where you're like, is this below this person to, to manage this? Like they are so capable. And to me, the answer was no, because like in a firm, really like the highest value thing that your team can contribute is like making your life easier and making your job more sustainable and giving you more freedom to focus on the bigger picture things that would ensure that your firm was going to be successful. So I had no problem having a very well-paid, like very capable person come in and do this stuff for me. Um, like we do this, I don't know, we, we do this ROI calculation differently where it's like, oh, it's, can I only justify this if I have this like very inexpensive virtual assistant? Think about how much of your job email is. And think about if like ultimately for me where we got to, I, 
at its best, 90% of the things that came into my inbox, I never had to see or deal with. Like imagine that reality right now. And I, and I went and then maybe a year's time from doing it all myself to this way better process. And it fundamentally changed the freedom and the time that I had to do the stuff that I actually wanted to do. But there's a big spectrum there, depending on your systems, depending on the level of the person, uh, to, um, of how much of those things they can handle without having to pester you. And I would encourage you to lean into a more capable capable person with more access so that they can call the client and resolve that thing when the urgent thing comes up so that they're a person that like has the respect of your team and can redirect messages internally that should have instead gone to the subject matter expert. The more capable that person is, the more of those things you're never going to have to deal with. But that's definitely like a step two. Step one is just getting someone in, having like a basic framework and getting off the hook for monitoring. Step two is how far can I push this? How much can they do for me? And like before you've done it, that's a hard thing to visualize. You've probably just visualized the bad version of that, which is people sending you emails and then that person getting a response from someone else, which like doesn't feel very good, right? But there's a lot of nuance in that and good and bad ways to do it that you will learn as you wade into it slowly. So just get started, find ways to make it better each month. One thing that was really helpful for us um, as my admin was handling more and more of that stuff without me seeing it, every day she would need to send me an FYI email that was a bullet point list of just all the stuff I needed to be aware of. These are all like bullet points, short statements, Steve asked for this and I sent it to him. Uh, Steve's uh, applying for FAFSA or something for a kid and we had to get him this information. The stuff where if you later have a conversation with a staff person or with a client and you didn't know about that thing that happened without your intervention, you just kind of going to look out of touch, right? And so I've got a CYA where every day she sends me a bullet point list of FYIs of just stuff that that I can skim in like 30 seconds just so I know that it happened. But I didn't have to do any of that. Like that's the big upside. And I still look plugged in. I still look like I know what is happening. I just get the Cliff Notes version. And oftentimes it could have been a really messy technical thing that was an issue that took half a day for somebody to get to the bottom of. But the end result can be the client thought there was an issue with this. It was actually that we took care of it. Boom. That's all you need to hear, right? And you just got off the hook for all of that stuff. Now, one last Uh, sort of bigger paradigm shift uh, that I'll bounce off you. And this is where my thinking got to. But again, this is like 300 level. If you're not doing this yet, start at 100 level. Um, We have this like propriety over our personal email inboxes, like your named business email inbox. And this keeps us from being able to see into our peers' inboxes. Uh, It creates a lot of complications. And it's like, imagine like a physical manifestation of an email inbox. Let's say everybody on your team had like a physical mailbox and all day, every day, clients were sending us information through those mailboxes, making requests of us in those mailboxes. Imagine if you had a row of mailboxes that were all of your all of your staff people's stuff and those things were coming into it every single day, but nobody was allowed to touch anybody else's mailbox. Like nobody else was allowed to see into what was there 
when all day long important client stuff is coming in there and we can help each other we can be help like go back to the manufacturing plant you've got like these receiving bays like that's how our, that's how work happens for us we're not the software company where like yeah that's most of those communications are like sensitive things with your manager or that, like that sort of thing uh the vast majority of our email is client work, is production stuff. But because there's a tiny t- subset of those emails that are personal things, where maybe you're getting copies of pay stubs or something like that, because there is a tiny subset of our email that is that, we lock those things down. We can't be helpful to each other at all because we have this weird propriety, propriety over those inboxes. And I think there's a tremendous amount of value to be found in getting over that. Because if you can switch the internal kind of management conversations to just not happen in email, then those email inboxes are what they should be and is what they are 99% of the time. They are like production. Like that is how the work is happening. But this is all happening in like siloed ways. We're not able to be helpful to each other. Stuff goes to die there. People go on vacation and you don't know what comes in unless you set up this forwarding. Like the more I think that you can shift your mindset from like, this is Timmy's inbox and like, this is this personal space for him. The more you can shift your mindset away from that, the better. Because it isn't. Your clients are firing stuff into that inbox all day, every day for him, just like they are for you. So like, the more you can eliminate those barriers between people's inboxes, and I get this is like a weird kind of uncomfortable thing, but dig into why it's uncomfortable. What are the things that come into there that you don't want other people to see? And how do you figure out another place to have those conversations, like another home for those things? Because those inboxes are so core to getting work done that the blockers that we put on those inboxes, because there's a teeny bit of personal stuff that goes through them, becomes really problematic for the business. And people will say like, oh, well, this is where like we use this or that email tool so that we can assign emails and do these different things. In my mind, that doesn't solve the problem. Like you're still then having to like log in and like move this email here, move this email there. Like you're creating work just to move stuff between different places. When the big issue is like, this ought to be a big shared jimungus receiving bay where all this stuff comes in. That is what all of our email inboxes are. And the more you can open that stuff, the more beneficial it is. Um, one approach people take now is like shared inboxes, like payroll at your domain, that sort of thing. Uh, we'll probably do a whole episode on that at some point. That doesn't solve the problem in my mind. It creates one more place for clients to send stuff and that can be confusing for them when at the end of the day, all they want is just to like have a relationship with the human being that's on the other side. So I don't think that funneling, like getting all of your clients to send stuff to this nameless email is a solution. Like it depersonalizes what we do. It gets it all to a place where everybody can see it. But if people want to have personal relationships, why not do the same with people's actual named emails? But again, this is like down the road. This is like the kind of the most complex version of this. Start with a really basic framework. You can rip mine off if you want. Get off the hook from monitoring. That is step one. Two, continue to push the envelope on how much stuff that person can handle for you without your intervention that won't make you look, make you look like an a-hole, won't make you, make you seem out of touch with your team, all that stuff. 
you got to start somewhere and there will be a lot of reasons why you're like, oh, it doesn't seem like this or that could work. You just got to work through that over time and you'll find ways to do it in ways that are like emotionally intelligent. And then three, like really push the envelope of what email is in your firm. Um, it's not like this personal thing, like all of your clients, like this is part of the production line and we need to treat it more like that, like a receiving bay, not like your own little private space within a company. Cause it's not that it absolutely isn't that, uh, any tips you have around delegating inboxes success that you've had. This is one of the best things I ever did, but I think we don't do it because we have these mental blocks of like, I'm not the type of person that needs an assistant and that sort of thing. It's not that your email box is part of the production process. Acknowledge it as that get help. Uh, and you're going to make the very worst part of work better. That is email. Ugh. That's all I got. Thanks for coming and hanging today. Uh, if you got any tips, tricks in these, in this kind of domain, feel free to share. And I'll see you tomorrow.